Hello and welcome to Retrospection, where we take an old show or film and see if it's still good enough to be injected with a special serum that brings it back to life, or should it be simply put to sleep. In this episode, we're looking at the flag-waving, spandex-donning TV movie Captain America from 1979. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. So we're going to have Captain America frozen in ice and then brought back to life. He's going to be fighting the Red Skull and and uh, aim and um all the scrolls it's gonna be exciting isn't it did did i watch a different film did i watch the wrong film again unfortunately not oh Mm. Oh, well my name's colin and can you still jock a helicopter a fast one what does that mean i don't know (laughs) (laughs) and my name's paul and i've been coming down the coast slow and easy That was so, that was so grim. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Uh, a recipient of an experimental body enhancement chemical retaliates against his would-be killers as a star-spangled superhero. According to IMDb. What were they watching? I don't know. <laughs> so this stars Reb Brown as Steve Rogers slash Captain America. Len Berman as Dr. Simon Mills, Heather Menzies Urich as Dr. Wendy Day, Robin Matson as Tina Hayden, and Joseph Ruskin as Rudy Sandrini. Red Brown. Well, well, let's mention him when we get to his character, when he okay, starts I'll, talking. Okay, oh, yes. <laughs> I was just going to tell you some of the other um, great things he's been in. Cool, go ahead. Uh, he was in a movie called Space Mutiny. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. You'll see a theme coming on here. Okay. Uh, Robo War. I haven't seen that one. I've seen something similar. Your, Y O R. I think it's, okay. it's it's kind of like Conan from the look of it. Oh right. Uh, the sword and the sorcerer. I've heard of that one. Yes, yes, yes. And apparently he was in an episode of Miami Vice. Ooh. Don't know which one though. Don't know which one. So he's he's done some stuff. Oh yeah, he's done some stuff. All right. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other info about this TV movie? There's a sequel to this. I mean, nothing <laughs> surprises me much in this day and age, but I'm still quite astonished. The sequel's called um, Captain America 2. Uh-huh. Death like... Too Soon. Death... No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, was this intended as a TV pilot or was it just intended as a movie? I think it was just intended as a movie. Okay. And I think it got theatrically released in, in Europe. Really? As did the second one as well. Oh. Um, the second one actually stars Christopher Lee as the bad guy. Oh, maybe we should have watched that one. That was the one that I was hoping we were going to watch, and then I forgot to tell you to watch that one, so we were stuck with this one. Okay. Um, the, this film cost a million dollars to make, apparently. That motorbike is expensive. Possibly, yeah, possibly. The, you know, fiberglass is probably costly in 1979. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sequel cost three million. Oh, they went all out. Two million probably went to Christopher Lee, I would have thought. Oh, or maybe they had three motorbikes. Three motorbikes. He did get a new costume in the second one. Well, there you go. Apparently, they were also aiming to do another two movies after the second one, um, where they would combine. The first one was going to be a crossover with Nicholas Hammond's Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they were going to cross over with Lou Ringo's Hulk as well. And what happened? Why didn't they do this? I think the money just disappeared. Oh, Apparently, Red Brown was the studio's first choice to play Captain America. And why not? (laughs) 
Apparently they felt that he was the perfect choice for the character. Absolutely. You're agreeing with all that, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. I know why you're agreeing with it. <laughs> uh, apparently Red, Red Brown was a big Captain America fan anyway, so he, he was desperate. He was chomping at the bit, apparently, to play this character. You wouldn't tell from his performance. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't. It's very hard to judge whatever he's uh, feeling, really, isn't it? But uh, Yeah. Uh, and that's all I've got, because there's not a great uh, wealth of uh, information out there about this, is there? No, I didn't find much. I was surprised. Had you seen this before? I, I get the feeling I have, but I don't remember it. No, I saw it as a kid. I do remember seeing them both as a kid. I think I actually went to the cinema to see them. Of course you did. I think it was a double bill. Oh, double yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's my question. When you were a kid, did you enjoy it? Can you yes. remember? Okay, yes, so you I did. Yes, I think I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Although I'm pretty sure I remember thinking, this is weird. It's, uh, Captain America doesn't do this, and he's not got that, and he doesn't look like this, and this right. isn't, you know. But, but I probably enjoyed them. You know, it was Captain America on a big screen, you know. Very undemanding when I was probably five or six. Hasn't I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not that demanding now, am I really? But, no. no. Um, but I do own these films. It says it all. <laughs> No, we'll say it all later. Trust me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's take a look at the trailer. Your father developed and perfected the ultimate steroid. He called it Flag. Full latent ability game. He injected himself with the serum. And it worked. A top secret serum gave Steve Rogers superpowers. Now he can use them to save a city from a madman with a bomb. Finished. If he accepts the challenge. Be Captain America, Steve. Starring Len Berman, Heather Menzies, Steve Forrest, and Red Brown is the star-spangled superhero, Captain America. Shop BLTs for all your t-shirt needs. You don't really need to watch the film after that, do you? No, lucky people. <laughs> well, you know, he sums it up in three minutes. Yeah, he did. Ooh. You could sum it up in 30 seconds. But we'll do that at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we open on a Universal Film logo. I told you it was released on the cinema. Yeah. You did. Mm. Didn't believe you then. Still don't. <laughs> we get what sounds like the opening theme to a Days of Our Lives type soap opera with aerial shots of a coastline. Looks good. Nice helicopter shots. Yeah. yeah. A title, Captain America, flashes on the screen. Trumpets kick in as we follow a vehicle moving along a coastal highway. Occasionally, the side of the helicopter we're seeing everything from appears in the shot. <laughs> it does, yes. Uh, I did like the font that they used for the Captain America logo. It was very comics accurate. Um, ho hopefully the first of many comics accurate um, Captain America things that are going to pop up in this film, I would have thought. From from the sarcastic tone in your voice, I got the feeling it's going to end right there. <laughs> Could well be, could well be, yeah. Credits flash on the screen, and we get closer shots of a van. It's Turkish blue with a red and blue stripe down the side, and it has a motorbike attached to the back of it. 
The driver keeps looking towards the camera helicopter, which confused me because it appears nobody's told him he's being filmed. <laughs> well, he wants to make sure that, you know, they're getting a good shot of the, of the van. He's being okay. a professional, you know, being a professional. So we continue along the coastline. We're certainly not going for an action-packed opening here, are we? Not at all. Not no. at all, though. It's, no. it's, it's meandering like that road is. Really. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So we're still on the coastline. <laughs> Music continues to drone on, like being in an elevator that just won't stop going up. Credits continue to appear. Mm-hmm. There's more coastline. <laughs> it appears... He's travelling America and we're going to see the whole journey in real time. (laughs) That would be something. It would be, yeah. (laughs) An hour later, we finally cut to a close-up of the driver. (laughs) But only for a second because it's back to those aerial shots. They paid good money for that helicopter. They're going to use it. The truck, slash van, whatever you want to call it, Mm. pulls into Jerry's surf place. I don't know what it is, really. Is it a diner? I think it's a is bar, it, isn't it? It's a bar and that, happens, so. that, that happens to have surfboards. <clears throat> it's a surfer's bar. That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, we'll say it is. Okay. It's alongside a cliff overlooking the ocean. Mm-hmm. The driver gets out and meets a guy who I guess is Jerry. Hmm. Assume he's Jerry, yeah. 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 He's yeah. sandpapering his surfboard, which is not a euphemism. <laughs> Again, that would be something. Yeah. This driver turns out to be Steve Rogers. Yes, he is. Yeah. Jerry asks Steve yes. where he's been since he got out of the Marines two weeks ago. Now, this is where we get the full power of Steve Rogers, or I should say the full power of the actor okay. farming the piece. Because he says, well, I've been driving down the coast, slow and easy, you know, kicking back. I'm going to live on the road for a couple of years and my truck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Maybe he's downplaying everything. It was a choice. This yeah. guy is so so kicking back. He's almost horizontal. <laughs> I, I would be interested to know if he's like this in everything. Because if he's not, then it's definitely a choice he made for the role. That's interesting. So here's your assignment. You go watch Robo Wars. <laughs> I probably would, and I'd probably enjoy it. Okay, and, uh, yeah. and I'll dig out the Miami Vice episode he was right. in. I get the better option. No, can we swap? Can we, no. Can we swap no. assignments? No. <laughs> so Steve asks Jerry if any mail arrived for him. And Jerry thinks that a few things did and he'll go get them. Now, this Rogers guy is really like human melatonin because I just feel sleepy just listening to him talk. <laughs> I, I thought he, he seemed to me like a bit of a... He was like a mildly passable porn actor, isn't he? A mildly passable porn actor. You know, <laughs> okay. He's had a few lessons here and I, there over the years, you know. Acting I, I wouldn't know. I've never seen any. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only guessing. It's a good guess, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Mm. So Steve-O, as Jerry calls him, okay. says, take this and hands him a drawing of water crashing into rocks and a gnarly leafless tree. It looks like a prog rock album cover. Gnarly tree. <laughs> hey, surfer dude, you're so laid back. Lay off the weed and try some crack. Yeah, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Right. So Jerry takes a drone and says, thanks, man. Not, 
the fuck you want to do me this? What's this? What yeah, a fucking droid. I wonder whether this was payment for something. That's how he pays people. Pays people in drawings. Yeah. yeah. Whether you want it or not. I mean, it really, this film should now cut to Jerry going into his office and there's just this giant pile of drawings and he just throws it on top. And they're all the same tree. <laughs> Steve's got a, a predilection for this one tree. Yeah, he just keeps drawing it all the time. Mm. I don't know mm. what it means, but that's going to be in like a future sequel. The tree means something. You reckon? No. If it was a modern Marvel movie, it would. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They set it up six six movies ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The tree's probably a superhero. Probably, yeah. Gnarly tree, man. Gnarly tree, man. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that just Groot? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it is. There you go. We've done it. <laughs> so we cut to Steve looking out at the ocean. What's he thinking? Pretty sure nothing. It is hard to tell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking of the past, the present, and the future of unemployment. <laughs> well, clearly not. He's got a massive resume. So That's true. That's mm. true. It's just the way he walks. <laughs> well, he's a big guy. Yeah. So we then cut to a car doing a U-turn. The guy driving is talking on a radio. Mm-hmm. And we know this guy's a bad guy because he's a bad guy in everything he ever does. It's Lance Legault, Colonel Decker yeah. from the A-Team. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's parked outside of the surf place that Rogers is in, and we get a nice reflection mirror shot, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Not convinced. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Jerry returns and hands the letters over to Rogers. Rogers laughs when he opens the first one. It's the fourth telegram he's received from some guy called Simon Mills. The telegram says, I'm a Nigerian prince that has recently been. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Jerry asks, what's this guy selling? But Roger says, who knows? He opens the next letter. This one seems more serious. Roger's asked to use Jerry's phone. When Roger calls, a man named Jeff Hayden answers. He says he got Jeff's letter. Can you tell me what's wrong? Jeff doesn't want to say anything on the phone and asks Steve to meet him in his home at 9pm. Steve says, fine, I can see this guy Mills in Thousand Oaks on my way to LA. See you at 9. Why, why is he telling... Jeff about Mills Jeff doesn't care about who Steve is seeing on his way it's like if you asked me to come over to yours and I said yeah sure but I can see this guy Mills on my way you'd be like who the fuck is Mills why are you telling me your plans he does talk in exposition all the way through this in fact he's not the only one either no there's a lot of it there's a lot of that yeah for a film with a very slim plot has a lot of exposition yes it does it does yes but Jeff is very grateful Steve says if you need me you got me. Not sure what the relationship is here. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked, would you? Nope. No. Steve says goodbye to Jerry and heads off in his truck. The man watching from across the street in his car starts to follow Steve. Well, doesn't the music here sound like something from A-Team or Night Rider? You know, the sort of expositional music, you know, that kind is of that, thing. Yes, except it's more orchestral. Well, mm. I guess A-Team's orchestral. Night Rider was electronic, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it screams 1979. It does. Along the way, the guy overtakes Steve and speeds away. We cut to a road construction site. Steve passes the mysterious man who has pulled over. He's on his way. He says into his radio. One of the construction workers with a radio responds, I've got him. Now, you know this isn't a real road construction site because there's workers there. <laughs> One of them's even um, digging a hole. Yeah, they're uh, doing something. Yeah, yeah. 
I'd be like, hmm, suspicious. Well, if we do have any uh, rogue construction workers that listen to the podcast, all those views are Colin's views, by the way, <laughs> not mine. All for comedic elements. Oh, of course, yes, because we're playing characters. Mm, you are. Wait, no, I am. Wait, no. <laughs> Make your mind up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so confused. <laughs> Steve drives towards the worker with a stop sign. He tells Steve he'll have to take the detour over the mountain road. Now, Steve... Always obliging. Takes the road indicated. He's very happy about it as well. Yeah, he doesn't Smiles care. The guy. Yeah, he doesn't care about anything, does he? No, he's laid back. Mm. <laughs> this is his life, cruising up and down the roads, mm. apparently. He's a traveller. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The worker radios our mysterious man to confirm that Steve is heading the right way. And the man tells the workers to get out of there. And they pack up their stuff. Steve drives along the mountain road. <laughs> A mysterious man radios somebody else. He's coming at you. Pull out now. There's a lot of people involved in whatever this is. It's a very elaborate plot, isn't it? It is, yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. A man in an oil truck answers. He drives off and heads down the mountain road. He switches the pump on and oil sprays out of the back onto the road. Mm. Steve continues driving up the mountain road. We see the truck continues to spray oil around a bend. Steve passes the truck, and as he enters the turn, his vehicle loses its grip on the slippery surface. He fights for control, turning the wheel this way and that. The truck does a complete 180, and now Steve is driving backwards. But he can't control it. (laughs) His vehicle spins around and crashes over a barrier. Down the hill, it rolls over. Bits fly off it. Everything smashes. It's going to be totaled. Steve staggers out with a slight (laughs) neck ache. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and his shirt is slightly ripped in a strange place. Why is it ripped? I don't know. <laughs> the, the way this whole thing, the way this thing whole plays out, it's like it's written by Hannah Barber, isn't it? It's like something from a Roadrunner cartoon or something. Well, I know, like the bit that he's driving backwards. Yes. And he's like, whoa, looking out the behind him. You've got to say, though, that Red Brown sells it, doesn't he? I mean, the look on his face of, of, of fear and tension. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt fear and tension. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say that. <laughs> <laughs> his motorbike has come off the back of his truck, but the truck is totaled. Yep. So we cut to an establishing shot of the United States Government National Security Laboratories. It's a mouthful. Inside, a woman opens the door and she says, Dr. Mills, Steve Rogers is here to see you. Dr. Mills, who appears to be sitting on a bar stool in his lab staring at a cage. Why? <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Well, he's got a lot of animals in there. He has. He's just watching them. Did you see, notice that there's a, a chimpanzee just sat on top of a television? <laughs> I did. <laughs> all, all, all good labs have a chimp sitting on the TV. But, but the guy's working at the computer in front of him and the chimpanzee's just sat there staring at him. He's like, oh, I don't like what's on the TV. I'm not telling him get off. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Steve enters and Mills introduces himself in what appears to be somebody else's voice. Oh, there's a lot of that going on in this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe this actor's moved on by that point and they couldn't get him back to do the moved ADR. On, you know, he was so in demand. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> maybe we should look that up before, you know, suggesting. I think uh, maybe his career probably did anyway, after Steve, this. Anyway, 
doesn't yeah. recognize Dr. Mills, but then that's probably because he had a different voice before. I'll tend to throw you off, won't it? It would, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Mills says he, he knew Roger's father, that Roger's father was his doctoral advisor and that he assisted him in most of his experiments. He says he used to get daily reports on his son, the motorcycle racer and motocross expert. Is, is that how Roger's father referred to his son? <laughs> you know, uh, you know my son, the uh, motorcycle racer and, and motocross expert. You mean Steve? Oh, oh, is that his name? Oh. <laughs> and you notice the daily reports. Oh, that'd be tiring. I'd just call in sick just to avoid it, wouldn't you? Yeah, so he's reporting every day. Yeah, yeah, he's telling him about his son. Have you heard about my son? Yes, you told me yesterday. <laughs> <sighs> he's like, <coughs> Dr. Roger, I can't, I can't come in today. I'm, I'm feeling a bit... Queasy, I just want to listen to your stupid son. <clears throat> what, what's that you, about your son? Oh, God, you can tell me about your son. Brrr, I can't hear you. Hang up. <laughs> I've, I've heard he's a motocross expert. Yeah, mm. and motorcycle racer. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. He's better than his other son, who's a fluffer. <laughs> Why did you go there? I've no Is idea. It? it was the first thing that popped into my head. He's showing it's not just a career you're thinking of choosing. <laughs> I'm sure there's worse things to do. You still ride being in this film, being in being in this film. That's true, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You still ride, Mills asks. Only the ladies, says Steve. No, he doesn't. And Steve says yes, but just for fun now. <laughs> you know, you're making this film a lot better than it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mills wants to show. Oh, you should watch it with your commentary over the top of it. It'll be the far better. Call his commentary. <laughs> yeah. Better, better than the one yeah, I do could, for we a could, Ma- we could. It'd be better than what I do for a Marvel film. It would just be like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you see that Scarlett Johansson? She's not even in this film. It's a stunt double all the time. Look how they cover her face up with her, her and then film her from the back all the time. She probably did 10 minutes work on this film. I'm sure there's people that have listened to it. You could market <laughs> it. Colin's commentaries. Colin's commentaries? Hmm. All right. Well, we'll think about it. Where were we? All right. Mills wants to show Rogers the work. Understandably, Rogers isn't sure why Mills wants to show him anything in the lab. And let's be fair, nothing about Rogers so far suggested he'd understand any of it. (laughs) Yes, very true. Yes. (laughs) Mills says everything they are working on is based on Steve's father's research. Steve says his father never talked about his work, but that it was very important to him. Mill says, your father invented and perfected the ultimate steroid. He synthesized it from his own adrenal gland and then, through long research, developed a super hormone. He called it FLAG, which stands for fucking ludicrously armed grannies. It's a super team of old ladies with immense powers to fire lasers from the curlers and knit at 100 miles an hour while assassinating victims with a steely glare. That sounds amazing. It does, right? You've watched that. Yeah, you should add that to the list of films that you're going to write, Colin. Yeah, actually, it doesn't stand for that. It stands for Feebly Lame Acronym Generator. Sounds a bit more more accurate, yeah. Yeah, no, it really stands for full latent ability gain. 
That's right, it does. Why does a super steroid generated from his own, um, what is it, his own... Adrenal gland? Adrenal gland. Why does that sound really disgusting to me? I wouldn't want that anywhere near me. You wouldn't? You mean you haven't tried it? No, I wouldn't want someone else's stuff in me from his adrenal gland. I don't you even know what it. an adrenal gland is, but I wouldn't want it near me. Fair I enough. Do, I, I do know you what feel very strongly about this. Yeah, well, I don't want another man's stuff inside me. Oh, <laughs> not, not again. <laughs> Bad experience. Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's fine, but I don't want it. All right. Well, you don't have to have it. I know I don't have to have it. <laughs> you seem, you seem is... very upset about this as if, like, this is part of the deal watching the film. <laughs> I, I suppose the trade-off is that you'd be super strong, wouldn't you? And then at evenings, you'd just cry in a corner. <laughs> Unless you liked it, in which case you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal. Hang on a minute. What do you mean liked it? How are they putting it in me? <laughs> Whichever way you prefer. It's optional. Turkey baster. Yeah, little prick. It's all you feel. <laughs> oh, the bold ones are the best, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, do, do you? Oh, yeah, go on. No, no, no. Carry that thought through. Go on. I'm nope. sure it was good. Go on. Steve says, <laughs> All right. Not sure I'm following you. Oh, kill surprise. <laughs> I don't blame him. And quite frankly, it's a sentiment many of our listeners can share with our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Mills goes into a science explanation about the idea that man only uses one third of his capacity mm-hmm. and that's just talking about his brain right ladies right <laughs> you, you must be up to about 100 percent of your capacity now right <laughs> yeah but it's 50 percent of the average person <laughs> <laughs> one man's 100 percent is another man's 20 percent. yeah it depends on the man right yeah absolutely yeah so if they use flag it's close to that 100 percent mm. Yeah, Mills shows him a mouse pulling a weight up. Apparently, in human terms, he's lifting 2,100 pounds. Mills shows Steve another mouse in a wheel that is apparently running at a human equivalent of 51 miles per an hour. These mice have been injected with flag. Yeah. To the one lifting weights, is he like pumping iron, is he? Yeah, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Got a little little bench and he's pressing. Yeah. (sighs) And then they that, is that what he sounds like? <laughs> yeah. I did the movement too, but it's pointless on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. It was very good. Okay. <laughs> but Mills reveals that the mice are dying. He's had six years of failures. Where's he getting his funding from? There's lots of questions in this film. <laughs> after, after year three, you'd be like, you know what, Dr. Mills? I don't think I'm going to give you the money, Eddie Barkers. It's not working. You're just killing mice. Shit, ton of mice you've killed. <laughs> On the plus side, though, these mice, in the, in the few weeks that they're alive, they built me this house. That is true. That would be nice, mm. wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So they've managed to duplicate Steve's further serum, but each time the test animal slowly maddens and dies. Mm. Like life. <clears throat> it's caused by cell rejection. They're still using the original formula, and that's why he's asked Steve to visit. The formula is built from Steve's father's original cells, and those cells will be passed down to his only child, Steve. Mills wants to do a few tests on old Rogers, 
is that Steve, the uh, motocross uh, expert and uh, dirt bike rider? Motorcycle yeah. racer. That, that, that's Steve? Yeah, I think so. Ah, right, okay. Right. Yeah. They're interrupted by Dr. Wendy Day, who says there's an important call for Dr. Mills. Now, she's in charge of flag research. Mills leaves to take the call. Steve asks, what, what does this Mills guy do? Well, Mills goes to Washington a lot, talks to the president. Let's, let's do no jokes about that. <laughs> she says, they asked him if Mills told him what they wanted. Steve says he did, and he hasn't decided yet. So now we cut to Mills a little later, and they're all talking. Mills asked Steve if he knew how important to the nation his father's work was. Steve says he didn't. All he knew was that he had a father one day, and then the next he was gone. And all he had was a letter from the president. Oh. Mills reveals that Steve's father injected himself with the serum, and it worked. So then, for some reason, apparently, his father dedicated his life to fighting for the little man, helping people stop crimes that the law wouldn't touch. You mean he was a super crime fighter, say Steve? This is a weird leap, right? It is. It's like it's almost like they, they, they can't think of a way to get there. So we'll just chuck it in. Yeah. Yeah, and go and hope for the best. We'll just chuck it in. People will go with it. It'll be fine. Apparently. Because mm. we have to get the we have to get the actual phrase Captain America in somehow, don't we? And this is how they work it in. Yeah. Mm. So he says he's a super crime fighter, and Mill says, in one sense you could call him that. And now you want me to take his place? No one else can, says Mills. But Day says, oh, we're only talking about some, you know, tests. Mm. Big inverted commas. Mm -hmm. Steve says, I haven't had a bad life and I feel pretty good in here. Tapping his heart, not his stomach. <laughs> but for as long as I can remember, it's been yes, sir, no, sir. Three military schools and the Marine Corps. But now I just want to get out on the road and look at the face of America. I didn't know I was doing a podcast with Al Pacino. Carry on. <laughs> Hoo-ha! <laughs> on your back in again. <laughs> it's Al Pacino, sense of a woman. I know what it is. Okay. E even from that poor, uh, <laughs> from that poor um, impersonation, poor, I, I right, guessed right. it. Yeah, good, good. Steve continues. Maybe I get something down on canvas. Oh, is he taking up wrestling? <laughs> he looks a sort. He does, but he means painting. Yeah, trees. I don't want to report or check in. No, he just wants to check out. Yeah. He wants to kick back and uh, find out who I am. And Mill says, so, so is this a no? Because time's a ticking. <laughs> I'm not being funny. This speech in another actor's hands could have been good, couldn't it? Yeah, just did it then, Paul. <laughs> but this speech in another actor's hands could be good, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it could. You, you think it, it? It's just so like monotone when he mm. talks. Yeah, there's nothing there at all. No. So, but maybe yeah. it is a, a choice. I don't know. It's an odd one. Mm. I'll do some research. Get back to you. Well, that'd be a surprise. In t in twenty years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When we redo it in a yeah, sequel podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Retrospections, retrospection. Yeah. No, we'll just stick an S on the end. <laughs> Steve says that a good friend of his has some heavy problems right now and he wants to go and help him out. Good luck to both of you. And then he leaves. What do we do, says Day? 
I don't know, replies Mills. Probably just carry on getting that funding and killing those mice. Yep. <laughs> it's worked for them so far. Well, why, six years. Why change? Yeah, why change a good thing? You know. I know, right? Just come into work, kill some mice, go home. <laughs> we cut to Steve arriving at Jeff's home at night. He enters. Nobody seems to be there. Steve looks around. <gasps> he hears a noise upstairs. He heads up the calling out for Jeff. 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 But Jeff can't hear him. Maybe he's a bit muttered, Jeff. <laughs> Steve enters Jeff's office and finds stuff just thrown around everywhere. The place has been trashed. Mm. He picks up a camera. And the chair behind the desk moves. Steve goes round and finds Jeff sprawled on the floor. He's badly <laughs> hurt. He says a name. Catherine. Steve, please, Catherine. And then he goes, he does. Mm. And Steve says, my name's not Catherine. <laughs> His name's not No, he's not. No, no, he's not. He doesn't say that. We made that up. Behind might him. As well. okay, might as well. Behind <laughs> the closet door moves. Steve tries the phone, but the line is dead. He runs out of the room. The closet door opens and a man steps out. He picks up the camera that Steve was looking at earlier and then also grabs some paperwork and exit. Downstairs, Steve is on the phone calling for an ambulance. So they only cut the line to the top floor? I guess so, yeah. Or maybe the writers just forgot that he cut the line, which is probably more likely. All right. Mm -hmm. So we cut to the Andreas Oil Company. Mm. A man in a limousine called Mr. Brackett arrives. And we know he's the bad guy, right? I mean, he's, he's the man. Yeah, yeah, he's in a limousine. Yeah, yeah. People in limousines. In a suit. In a, in suit. a suit. Yeah. He enters the research development building for the oil company and enters a room and a mysterious man from earlier is already there. Brackett says, well, the man responds that Jeff Hayden is dead and the camera was found but no film, but they took the desk calendar because it had Brackett's name on it. Brackett asks, who did they send? And it's revealed that Perker did it. The butler. No. <laughs> Brackett asks, why did Perker kill Hayden before they got the film? The man says it was an accident. We never really learn who um, the Colonel Decker type character is. Like, he's, he doesn't get oh, a name, no. does he? No, and there's, but to be fair, there's a lot about this bad guy and the, his henchmen and his actual plot <laughs> of, of, of what he's intending to do that we don't really know much about. Yeah, it is. Like, By the end why? of this movie, I'm still no wiser as to why he's doing what it is he's doing. Right. Nope. What he's hoping to achieve by this plan that he's hatching. Uh, yeah. Mm. He says that Hayden had changed his mind and wasn't going to give up the film. Parker was only going to scare him, but accidentally killed him. There's another problem, the man continues. While Parker was there, Steve Rogers turned up. Brackett thought Rogers had been dealt with on the road they dumped the aisle on. Handily, reminding us how they're connected to Rogers, mm -hmm. in case anybody mm -hmm. in the room had forgotten. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> I'd forgotten. Yeah. The man goes on to say that Rogers didn't see Parker, but Parker says Hayden told Rogers something before he died, but Parker couldn't hear it. Brackett tells him to get Rogers and find out where the film is hidden, then get rid of Rogers and do this before Rogers is injected with the flag serum. Brackett says, I'll go and tell Lester the bad news. At this point, you're like, who's Lester? Another character? <laughs> okay. 
Why is he assuming that, that Steve's going to be injected with the flag serum? Yeah, how does this Isle guy know so much about this mm. flag serum? Because he's only good friends with that Hayden guy who's dead, isn't he? Yeah, who wasn't working on the flag serum. He was working on a different project. Yeah. So how does he know about... How does he even know who Steve Rogers is? I mean, they yeah. talk about him like Steve Rogers, like he's famous. It's, it's Steve Rogers, Paul. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it did make me laugh that somebody referred to him as Mr. Rogers at one point. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> well, his drawings are famous. Possibly. Possibly. They're like, oh, you know, Steve Rogers, the artist, the nearly tree guy. Oh, you mean the motocross uh, expert and... Um, Motorcycle racer? That's the that's guy. The, that's yep, the guy. that's him. Yeah. Yeah. So Brackett enters a lab. Lester appears to be a scientist. Lester asks if they have the film, but Brackett says no. Lester says without that last film sequence, he can't proceed and they're running out of time. And There's no way he can measure the neutron link without Hayden's linear time equation. Of course not. Linear time equations are very complicated, right, Paul? Especially when you need them for a neutron bomb. Absolutely. We all know that. I mean, it's it's old, it's, uh, it's first first day. You should Line- know that. Linear time equation 101. Exactly, exactly. Lester's Text- textbook. textbook. Yes, yes. And the textbook would be how to make a neutron bomb. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Neutron bomb for dummies. <laughs> yeah, we'd need that one. That's true. <laughs> Lester says without that, all they have is a very expensive timepiece, not a neutron bomb. Oh, they got a bomb, all right, this film. <laughs> I always think a good look putting that on your wrist. Yeah. Bracky says he doesn't intend to fail now. He'll get the film. So we cut to Hayden's house. The police are questioning. Oh, wait, no, not the police. It's Dr. Mills asking the questions. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Rogers asks what I'm thinking to Mills. How are you involved in all this? You and my notes say? I'm glad, I'm glad that Steve asks Mills why he's at the crime scene, because I was wondering. Yep, me yep. too. We're all wondering. <laughs> so Mills is in charge of the project that Hayden was working on. He's right. in charge of a lot of projects for the US government. That's what he actually says, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So Charles Berber of the FBI enters and wants to ask Steve some questions. Questions that... Probably Mills could answer, but all right. Does Barber walk into the room and go, oh, Steve Rogers, aren't you the world-famous motocross uh, expert and... Um, Motorcycle racer? That's the guy, yeah. He's like, yeah, but but I do some drawings too. <gasps> I've got one of yours. It's a tree. <laughs> yes, buy some water. The tree is gnarly. <laughs> Ah, Steve, 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 a new character, he's Swedish, <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> Steve reveals that he's known Hayden all his life, that he's a friend of his father's. Mill says that Steve mentioned earlier a friend that was in trouble. Was that Hayden? Steve confirms it was. But he doesn't know what the situation or the problem was with Hayden. And did... Hayden say anything to you when he was dying? Asked the agent. Steve reveals that all Hayden said was, Just Catherine. Steve, please. Steve reveals that Catherine was Jeff's wife and that she was killed in a plane crash in Europe last year. He asks about Mm. Jeff's daughter. She's at USC, but they haven't been able to contact her yet. 
The agent asks Steve if the room looks the same as when he last saw it, and Steve notices a small, sophisticated camera missing and also a desk calendar missing. He has to think about it for a second, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks around and he goes, well, looks like the same to me. <gasps> Wait a minute. Hmm. It's a good, all those years of playing Guess Who probably helped him, I would have thought. You think he's played a lot of Guess Who? Oh, he looks, yeah, he looks like he's played a bit of Guess Who, doesn't he? Miss you trying to say he looks the type and was trying to figure out what's the kind of type of person that looks like they play Guess Who a lot? Well, sometimes they've got glasses on, sometimes they've got a moustache. Sometimes, sometimes a beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they flip over. They do, they do. Yeah. They do. All right, Jeff's daughter arrives, which is coincidental because no one's told her anything. Didn't Steve... they say they didn't know where she was? Oh, no, she's at UFC or something, not yeah, UFC. Universe. Ultimate Fighting Championship. <laughs> yeah, give <laughs> shit out of people. They should just get her and inject her with the drug. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess they couldn't contact her because she was on her way home. Ah, right, yeah. Pre-mobile phone days, yes. Exactly, right? So that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve asks if he can tell her what's going on. And he goes downstairs. <laughs> what's happened? She asks. You've got to be strong, honey. <laughs> that's, what he's, that's his opening line. No, hello. Did she say, oh, what, like those mice that... Uh... Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard they only live for six weeks. Yeah. Mm. She realizes her father is dead. She says she called her to see if anybody was home. Nobody answered. And she cries. It's a good thing that she's got someone like uh, Steve Rogers uh, to help her through it because, I mean, he, he drips empathy and comfort, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Later, a doctor says he gave her a sedative and calls for an ambulance. <laughs> not sure why, but all right. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't be too careful in 1979, can you? I guess not. Mm-hmm. The FBI leave Dr. Mills and Steve alone. Steve asks for clarification on what it is Dr. Mills' work really involves. Do you work for the FBI? Mill says his classification is a little more complex than that. And then Steve says, oh, don't explain. I don't want to get involved. We're all involved, points out Dr. Mills. Mill says he's sorry about Hayden. And then Steve asks, what was Hayden working on? Mills reveals that he was involved in the most secret project, most secret project mm-hmm. that this nation has. Its code name is Zeus. Never heard of it, says Steve. <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> Glues in the nation's most secret project bit. <laughs> he actually says, never heard of it. He does. You know, I wrote that I mean, down as well. <laughs> I mean, if you've heard of it, Steve, there's a problem. Yeah, so somebody's talking somewhere. If he's heard yeah, yeah. of it, I mean, he drives around in his van all day. But maybe he just meant he's never heard of Zeus, which would be less of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's looks left and right to make sure no one's listening. A neutron bomb, he says, revealing the most secret of all secrets of the nation. To Steve Rogers, the, yes. mo- the motocross expert and um... motorcycle racer. Yes, I'm sure he's trustworthy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now you understand the implication of the camera. I'm not sure Steve does, but we'll we'll select that slide for now. I'm surprised he even knew it was a camera. To be honest. To be honest, I didn't know it was a camera until someone mentioned it. It just looked like a thing. I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> I have to be honest. It was a futuristic camera back in 1979. Yes. Okay. Steve says, do you think Jeff was giving that information about the bomb? Mill says they think somebody's trying to get that information, but they don't know if Jeff gave it out. 
Steve says, you can't believe Jeff would do that. If he was photographing classified material, there was another reason. Jeff is no traitor. I'll stake my life on it. Mm-hmm. Mill says, good night, and then just leaves. So, we're half an hour into this film, Paul. Yep. No, no, nothing. A lot of Captain America in it. <laughs> no, not so far, no. No. And there, there might not be an, uh, much more in the next half an hour either, from what I, I remember. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking. It might change, you know. Could, it, oh, could do, could do, yeah. Any we're on minute. the verge. We're on the verge of something. Yeah. Yeah. Death. I'd go for a breakdown, to be honest. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah. The phone rings. Steve answers it. And we see it's our mysterious man. He says he's a friend of Jeff. And that there's a gas station on Pine Canyon Road. And that if Steve meets him there alone, he'll tell him who did the little job tonight and why. Mm-hmm. He's very, very coy about saying murder. He is. And, and Steve says to him, what do you know about it? And the guy just says, don't interrupt. <laughs> We're like, ooh, sorry, mob. Well, he's got his script there, hasn't he? He's like, don't yeah, interrupt, yeah, yeah. I'll lose, I'll lose my thread. Don't go off, don't go off book. <laughs> God. The man hangs up. Steve, suspecting nothing, heads over there in the darkness of night on his motorbike. The music is now quite loud and rousing, especially for a footage of a guy stood next to a petrol pump. You've got to get it somehow, haven't you? Oh, yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) That was disturbing. Um, (laughs) You've got got to rouse the audience out of their slumber somehow. I mean, Reb's not going to do it, is he? Let's face it. No, no, it's got to be all done through the music. It has. A car pulls up. The headlights blind him. Who are you guys? What have you got to tell me? And they tell him he's got it wrong. It's what he can tell them. They want to know where the film strip is. They say they know that Hayden talked to him before he died. Steve realises they're the ones that killed Hayden. He jumps on his bike and they chase him. He speeds along the dark road. So dark, we can't see what the fuck is going on. (laughs) He's so badly lit that you can't actually see anything other than headlights. Yeah, And bright lights. I wondered if it was the version I was watching, but no, no, no. no. Okay, all right. No. I mean, I've got I've got a, a superb quality version of it, and it still looked like shit. Okay. Suddenly, Steve swerves to avoid a truck and goes flying over the cliff. His bike explodes as Steve bounces down the cliff to lay crumpled like a thrown rag doll. What does it explode? Because you know the eighties, all vehicles yes. were combustible. Absolutely. Yes, I forgot. Yes. Slightly over a cliff. Boom, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Before it even hits the bottom, usually as well. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. We cut to an operating room. Steve is under surgery. It all goes a bit $6 million man in a minute, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. There's a lot of beepity beeps. Mm-hmm. The doctor tells Mills that it's too bad. He's not going to make it. Not the doctor. The doctor's fine. I mean, and Mills is okay. I mean, Steve is not going to make it. That was confusing for a second. Right, yeah. Mills leaves the room and tells Day that Steve is going to die unless they try the serum from the lab. She doesn't want to, but Mills insists. She says they haven't tested it. Mills says he will take full responsibility. Well, Steve might be the one doing that, really, don't you think? <laughs> You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think but- he's very lucky. He's very lucky that the crash only caused injury to his body and not his head or face. That's true. That's mm. true. I, I mean, maybe they just meant that the crash caused a few more rips in his shirt. 
Possibly, possibly. You know, they need to get a tailor in here, stat. That's what Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, stat's good. With a needle and thread working on it. You think I worked at a hospital? I mean, I don't work. No. I mean, I'm at the hospital. I don't work. Yeah, you turn up. I turn up, yeah. Yeah, and then you leave. And then I leave, yeah. Yeah, and there's something happens in between those points, but normally you can't remember what it is. Oh, I go to the toilet a few times. Oh, okay. All right. But Mills points out that Steve is going to die anyway. So she gets the serum mm-hmm. and they inject Steve. He flatlines. But then he grabs Dr. Mills. It's exciting. Mm. His pulse bounces back. Mills yells for a blood sample. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's more important things to be doing at that point, but all right. Yeah. Day looks at it under a microscope and she tells Mills. There's no cell rejection. After, in the hospital, Steve is awake without a scratch on him. <laughs> There's not even a mark on his chest, is there? Nothing. Nothing there, no. No. He tells Mills about the early incident with the oil truck. Mills wishes Steve had told him earlier. Not sure why that would make a difference, but all right. Mm. Steve wants to know who is mad at him. Mills says he may have the answer, but first, there is something he has to tell Steve. He tells Steve he was pretty much dead when they brought him in. There was only one chance, and that was to inject him with the fucking ludicrously armed grannies. No, the flag serum. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Not like you wanted to inject a few grannies. <laughs> I, don't want an in- I don't want a granny in me, though. No, no. Mm. <laughs> there you go. There's only one chance, and that was to inject him with flag, so it would use all of his latent... Recuperative powers. You struggled with that one, didn't you? <laughs> I used it, and you're alive, mate. That's what he says. But he's pissed at him. Yeah. Mill says, whoa, don't get so angry. There's no cell rejection. You won't die like a lab rat. As far as the mice I killed. Yeah, like he's jacked, he's jacked up mice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have to fight him in a later episode, but... <laughs> no, that would be good. Yeah, well, would it? If, yeah. if if his rats escaped and then Captain America had to fight these giant rats that were all, like, on steroids? With an eye patch. Why would they have an eye patch? Oh, it would look good, wouldn't it? Giant rats with muscles and, a, and an eye patch. But it's a steroid, recuperative powers. They'd have two working eyes. Yeah, but it would look good. All right, so he's just wearing it to keep his night vision in one eye? Exactly. That's okay. <laughs> All right. you think, you're thinking about it too much. Oh, that's my problem. <laughs> yes. So Mills is not really sure whether Steve is going to die in an hour or a day or whatever. And understandably, Roger's a little horrified by this. But is he horrified? It's hard to say. Well, he says he is. Well, he says he is, yeah. Right. It's a good job he says he is. Mills says, oh, you're only filled beneficial results. A short period of time, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But Steve doesn't want to be tested on. He doesn't want to know what Flag has done to him. He's not happy about living with something that could kill him at any moment. Isn't that life? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That was depressing. Cheers <laughs> for that. Thanks for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good he about himself now. Rogers wants to know when he can get out of hospital. Just a couple of days as your recovery is now quite remarkable because of Flag. <laughs> You'd be dead. You understand this, Rogers? Huh? He, he all but he all but says you fucking idiot, 
at the end of it, doesn't he? Yeah, he might as well have. Yeah. A couple of days later, Steve is having blood pressure checked. The nurse says he's fully recovered and can leave in the morning. Again, not a scratch on him. But that oh. could be the flag working. It could be. It could be. It gets rid of scars as well, obviously. Yeah. And we focus on Steve flexing his hands. <laughs> not quite sure what he's doing here, are you? No, he's just he's like he's just working out whether his grip would be too hard for you know personal <laughs> reasons. <laughs> Got to figure it out. He just say oh. afterwards, you know, think about what he says later when we get to it. All right, okay. But our mysterious man enters the room, Colonel Decker. I'm going to call him Colonel Decker from now on. Might as well. Yeah, Colonel Decker enters the room and pulls out a gun. Get dressed, Mister Rogers. We're going to take a little trip. Okay. Now, of course, Rogers isn't aware of his powers at this point, so he just goes along. And they drive to Pearson Brothers Meat Locker's warehouse. I'm glad you noticed that. Steve's hands are tied behind his back and he's led into the meat locker. Steve realizes these are the men from the gas station. They ask him for the film, but he still doesn't know anything about it. One of the men punches him in the kidneys. So he, he takes this punch rather well. Do you think he's playing it as perhaps the, the flag is making it so that these weak not mortals now can't hurt him. Or- yeah, I think, but I think he's like, he expects it to hurt him and then it doesn't. So he's like, oh. But you would still like go, oh, because you mm. expect it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are we reading more into his acting than what's actually going I, That was going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Colonel Decker says that Hayden took some pictures for them. Then he got cute and then got dead. Grammar is not this guy's strongest point. <laughs> he wants to know what Hayden's final words were. Steve wants to know what's in it for him. And they ask where the film is again. Steve says he doesn't know. And now Colonel Decker punches him. Steve breaks the rope, tying his hands, and hits back, knocking them over. He uses the hanging meat hook to swing away. The bad guys get back to the feet and start looking for him. They move between the hanging slabs of meat. Steve is hanging from one of the meat hooks by one hand. He smiles as he realizes how strong he is now. He pushes a row of meat that crushes one of the bad guys. He pushes another piece, knocking two more guys over. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we fake mm-hmm. cut to him hanging the men from the meat hooks. Now, so, when, he, when, he, when he uses his strength to break the ropes and when he does his little jump and that, they use the um, super strength... Um, Six million dollar man beat 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 noise, don't they? Yeah, there's a there's a sound effect they've had whenever he does anything that's caused by the flag serum, right? Yeah, well, I mean that, that was going to be my question. I was thinking to myself, oh, they're using that. I wonder whether we'll hear that again. Oh yes, we hear it again yeah. <laughs> every single time. Also, this is the first action sequence we've had in this film, and we're we're probably like I don't know, forty minutes, forty five minutes into this film, mm-hmm. and. It starts, and then they fade cut to the end of it. You don't even see anything happen. <laughs> so the only action sequence is cut. Yeah. I don't, it's weird. I don't like, he just pushes a meat and it's speeded up to look like he did it with great, ah, it's, it's pretty bad. Mm, mm-hmm. there, there is another action sequence later. Yeah, but I'm saying this is the first one mm, the, mm-hmm. up to this point. Mm. Can you imagine trying to do that today? Oh God, no! We we need this needs to be at the beginning of the film. Forty minutes into a, a, a modern Marvel movie, we've already had seven, haven't we? Yeah, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Steve then phones Agent Berber to come and collect them because they know something about Hayden's death and hurry because they're getting a bad case of frostbite. (laughs) So later, Steve is on a beach with Mills, creepily drawing a small boy throwing stones into the ocean. That's right, he is. He's Mm. progressed from trees. To paedophilia? Yeah. Yeah. So then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was the 70s, as you would say. I would, you know, I was going to say that, but then there I thought, was. no, he's just going to, he's just going to make some comments. I won't bother. Okay. So they talk about how Steve is um, feeling now with his new powers. Mills thinks that he should be um, exhilarated, but Steve admits that he's he's a little bit frightened by it all. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? If suddenly got all these strength and powers. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he illustrates this by very easily snapping a pencil in his fingers, although that pencil looked like it was made out of licorice to me. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, it crumbled a bit in his hand. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's just his super strength crumbled it. Well, this is where he talks about how he's worried about hurting people, isn't he? Yeah, and going to the bathroom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, you know, as you said, could be... Uh, tricky. Be tricky. Very tricky, very tricky. Mm. Mills tells Steve about his father, about how he was trying to live up to the American ideal. A little tough to find that these days, says Stone. Not if you know where to look, replies Mills. Right on, says Steve. Yeah, right on. That, daddy-o. <laughs> but tough in 79. Wow. You should stick around, mate. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, I've got to say it. Um, Go on. This was actually a theme that was explored a lot in the 70s, 1970s Captain America comic. The idea that, that America was kind of a little bit um, lost. And that was someone like Captain America who stood for, you know, he was very, you know, upright and white bread and, and, and stood for something that probably was a little bit, seemed a bit old hat, you know, at the time. So is this post-Vietnam? 79 would be, yeah. Um, this film would be, certainly. I think so that that's this probably... Was good. Yeah, but the comics talked about this kind of stuff from Vietnam onwards. Okay. I mean, there's, there's storylines in the comics where Cap, Captain America gets drawn into um, protests outside of universities and campuses and things like that, you know. Um, And I've got to say that the the comics did it a lot better than this film does. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think the film is attempting anything like that. I think it's trying a little bit here. Just this bit? It's trying to say something along those lines. All right. But then it gives up. Yeah. Mills tells Steve that his dad shook so many bad guys out of the trees that they uh, coined a nickname for him, Captain America. Although it was it was said as, a, as an insult, though. It was. Well, though, you think they were kind of named Tree Shaker or something. <laughs> that would have been more... Uh, yeah. More literate, right? I'm, I'm not being funny, but in the late 1970s, if you talk about shaking people out of trees, it's got some terrible connotations, doesn't it? Oh, I haven't thought about that, but I guess mm. it has, yeah. Mm. Um, Mills offers Steve a job using his new abilities with only a few people knowing his identity. I'll think about it, says Steve. And then he hands him a drawing he's made of a Captain America costume. So he's thought about it a fair bit at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone from trees to little boys to Mm -hmm. Captain America costumes. Oh, he goes back to little boys now because as we fade out, Steve carries on um, drawing the small boy who's reappeared, throwing stones into the ocean. Yeah. We never see that boy again, do we? No, but how do you draw a boy who keeps moving? (laughs) So stop moving! (laughs) Yeah, that comes later. (laughs) 
stuff throwing stones. Cried out mm. loud. Was this boy's parents? Wouldn't they be freaked out by this massive guy drawing him? He's not drawing the boy. He's drawing the rocks. The bi- you think this guy is capable of drawing people? He doesn't draw people. He draws scenery. <laughs> he doesn't see the boy. He just sees the beach. So is the boy following him or is he following the boy? The boy's following him and will turn out to be a supervillain in a future episode. Uh, if only. Uh, he works with the gnarly tree, man. Again, that would be something. I'd take that. So later that night at the evil uh, bad guy's lair, re- stroke research building. I mean, don't stroke it. I mean, you know. No, don't do that. It's got traps and stuff. You know. Take your hand off. Yeah, if only. It was just your hand. Um, Rudy gets um, off the phone telling Brackett that all is set for 24 hours time. But we don't know what's set yet. No. And we're not that wiser later either. <laughs> not really. Not really. Uh, Brackett wants Steve um, kept away from everything and the film retrieved from the house. He's got a plan. I'm mm. glad he knows what his plan is. I think he's just making it up as he goes along. I think the writers are making it up as they go along. Could be. Next day... Um, Steve and Wendy. Maybe like he says, like Brackett says, I have an idea, and then we cut to Brackett disguised as a pizza boy, getting into the house but not going in, and then cut to him as a singing telegram, and then cut to him as a stick of celery in a grocery bag, just trying all these different ways to get into the house. <laughs> Again, that would be something. Yeah, he's going to disguise himself as a small boy because we know that Steve likes him. So. <gasps> yeah, he'd be like, "Can I draw you?" No, I just need to get the film and then. <laughs> draw me. No, can I draw you? Okay. It's <laughs> good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next day, Steve and Wendy are having a nice uh, day at the beach. It's a very strange name, isn't it? Wendy Day. It's kind of a comic book kind of name. It is. It doesn't help when you mishear it slightly and you think that they've called her Windy Day. Windy Day. <laughs> it's a oh, it's Windy Day. Hello. <laughs> No, I was saying it's a windy day. Hello? <laughs> no. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> and then there's a person in the corner called Forget It. Hello? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> it's good run, couldn't it? Good. So Wendy says that she's supposed to try and recruit Steve again, but that she's reluctant to put him in any more danger than he already is. And they're getting a bit romantic when Simon just wanders over. Was he just sort of stood nearby watching them? Yeah, furiously masturbating. <laughs> In his nice cream slacks. Yeah, well, he, was just, he was just watching. Yeah. Yes. So Mill tell, tells them that, um, that they've searched the house and that they found nothing. And that apart from them, Hayden's only other friend, quote unquote friend, yeah. was the industrialist Lou Brackett. Hmm. Mm. Who can mm. the, Who can that? villain be mm, i don't know could it be you could it be her or could it be lou brackett the oil industrial entrepreneur mm. i don't know, I don't my, know. my money's on this on the small boy yeah right your money is always on a small boy maybe <laughs> you and steve could go back to frolicking in the water and i can go back to watching well i think he has got a thing for her hasn't he who Wendy. Mills has got something for her. Oh, okay. Mills has got, and because he's kind of, because he, yeah. he's like jealous because Steve. Well, there's a line in a moment, I think, that, that sums it up, but we'll get to it. Okay. So Steve still thinks that the answer lies with Jeff's wife and the, the, the dying man's final words about Catherine. Mm-hmm. Mills thinks that Tina could still know something. Tina is 
as we said. The daughter. Uh, the daughter. And Steve asks Wendy to go and take her out to lunch and talk to her and make, and make friends with her. Yeah. Okay, it's not weird, isn't it? Some complete stranger turns up at your door and says, oh, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, that's kind of odd. It's not really going to work, is it? Just because she's another woman. Oh, that's the reason. Mm, yeah. Because they might think Steve's hitting on her or something. Yeah, yeah. It's still strange, though. A complete stranger turns up at your door. Yep. Do you, do you want to go to lunch and talk about your dad? Well, not really, no. <laughs> no. Rather just watch TV. Mm. Oh, yeah. So as I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, was, well. Well, well, that was a weird way of saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> a woman turns up at another woman's door and says, do you want to go and watch TV? Oh, these are videos you've seen. Uh, uh, research videos. Research videos? Research what videos. the hell are you researching? A book? <laughs> yes, that's right. Just oh. like Pete Townsend was. That's what I'm doing. Okay, your research. <laughs> All right. What what the what is this book called? Women, uh, strange women knocking on doors and watching TV with other women. It's a very literal title. Yeah, it's a niche. Uh, yeah, right. Mm. It's niche. Okay. I like to fill a niche. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm. that. That's a small section, right? I beg your pardon. Yeah. Don't be so rude. Oh, um. Oops. Small about my section. Oh, don't wave your eyes at me. Um, <laughs> wave my eyes. <laughs> How do I do that? I don't think I wave my eyes at you, pal. <laughs> Pretty sure that's physically impossible. I know what I meant. All right, as long as you do. <laughs> so as Wendy leaves, Steve remarks, "She's really something." She sure is, says Mills, a little too forlornly from my liking. So he's definitely got a thing for her, and he's a bit jealous about Steve, I think. Now, do you think he's... He's much older than her, though, right? He is, yeah, yeah. Although, that was fine in the 70s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's definitely holding a little something for her, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I could get that. She works in the same field as him. He sees her every day, and she's smart. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know. seems to be the only other woman that he knows as well. There is that. It's either him or that chip sitting on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Not much choice, is there? Really? <laughs> Let's be honest. The mice all dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're either that or they're busy working out. Yeah, that's right. There, it's like okay. so. Uh, so you 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 you, you want to. Come back to uh, my place, watch a little TV. No, working out. <laughs> it's just this mice. One big arm. Yeah, giant arm. <laughs> Not interested, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. He's got to get his reps in. Yeah, um, sorry. Bubbles? <laughs> That's a chips thing. Yes, I know. I, I, I was a child of the 80s as well, remember? Okay. So Mills then asks Steve again, is he in or out? bit personal but you know yeah 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 and he says that um because he says in or out and he says you'll be the first to know mm, i bet he would <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could do your line there benedictine i bet he would i don't do that anymore it's childish oh you've moved on from that have you <laughs> yeah. yeah only because you did it i'll do it myself and then it's funny all right go on then a mongolian listener will love it Yes, I've noticed that. Mm. We've also got Norway now as well. Oh, we do? I didn't yeah. notice that. I'd like to live in Norway. Norway is like, if I had to live somewhere else, 
Sweden, Norway, somewhere like that. Okay, you heard it here for, first. Yeah, yeah, love him. So if our Norwegian listener wants to adopt Colin... <laughs> adopt uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 15. He's, he's fully house-trained, I think. Well, yeah. I was. Going, as the older I get, the, <laughs> going back the other way. That, that, that that's always a problem. That's always yeah, a problem. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but, you know, if you, if you fancy him... to Well, no, that came out right, wait, I yeah, mean, if you, if you fancy looking after him, mm-hmm. um, give him a call. Yeah. She'd be most happy. Yeah. Um, it's very bizarre, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, I did that. So Mills then tells him that he wants uh, him to come with him because he's got something to show him that might help him decide. Or he's like, the last time I did that, I got arrested. We're not doing this. <laughs> and as they gather their things up from the beach, we pull back to see um, Rudy. Or, yeah, it's Rudy. It's not Decker, is it? It's the other guy. Yeah. He's, he's watching them sinisterly in the car. He's watching them. How do you watch somebody sinisterly? Uh, well, I could illustrate it, but no one will be able to see it. So, mm, and I can't see it because there's no video. So, yeah, well, just imagine it. I'm imagining it. I'm not sure how it's done, Paul. But okay, I'll show you next time. Oh, something to look forward to, isn't it? So, nope. Mill, Mills then takes Stone to a secret weapons testing facility. It's a secret. Weapons mm-hmm. testing facility. Yeah, that, that's important to know that it's secret, right? It is, it is, it is. It's guarded by two guys. It is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there, we find that Steve's old van has been restored and it's parked as good as new. Nice. But it's better than new because oh. inside it's got a secret compartment that houses a souped-up motorbike with, um, um, with a rocket pack built into it as well. Yeah, but... You say secret compartment, but it appears to take up entire truck. <laughs> and his cooker and his TV mm-hmm. are now fake. They are, yes. Because they fold down, revealing the bike, which suddenly fills up the entire back half of his van. So he's lost his cooker. He's lost he's his got, house, basically, hasn't he? Basically, yes. For this giant motorbike that fills up most of the van. Yeah. Really All right. What's happened here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bloody government. Yeah. Cut so backs. cutbacks. Yeah. So then Mills shows Cap his um his shield. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Go on. <clears throat> he says this shield is um. Go on. Yep. Looking forward bu- to this bit. Is bulletproof. Yes. And it's also a deadly weapon. Ooh! And they show us by. Well, he throws it. Hmm. And it kind of flies a bit like a wobbly frisbee. Slowly, through slowly, the air, yes, slowly. yes, yes. Until someone off screen then tosses it back to Steve. Yeah. So, not really deadly. No. I expected it to explode or chop something. Yeah, it just flies through there and comes back. Yeah, yeah. In the Bond film, when they throw the bowler hat, Mm-hmm. And it slices a statue off. Mm-hmm. You get the feeling that's deadly. Yeah, he doesn't throw the bowler hat. It slowly floats through the air and then land on his head. And you go, da da. Yeah, yeah. And what an odd choice to make it plastic. Yeah, it's very plasticky. It's see-through. What? Why not vibranium? I mean, that's a thing that's in the comics. So why, why just make it plastic? When there's this thing that's invented in the comics, which is supposed to be the hardest metal known to man. Is it's it because vib- they, 
but so why so why choose to make it plastic in this? Is vibranium trademarked by Marvel and they couldn't afford to use it? Possibly. Could be that, couldn't it? Hmm. I mean, so, is this official like Marvel Captain America? As far as I know, yeah. Hmm. I mean, they'd get the costume pretty much eventually, how it's supposed to be near the end. Yeah, I don't know why it's plastic. I mean, it looks terrible. I mean, the thing is, if you don't get anything else right in a Captain America movie, you've got to get the shield right, haven't you? Because um, that's his thing. Yes. I can live with, you know, the, the, the mixed up backstory that he doesn't have anymore. I can I can live with the terrible outfit that we're going to see in a bit. Right. As long as you get that shield right, then it's fine. I'll, I can cope with everything else. But they don't even get that right. I agree. It's terrible. So Steve tries out the new bike, which launches with the sound of a colonial Viper from Battlestar Galactica. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, uh, I did. And also, let's be honest, this is the cheapest, shittest thing I've ever seen. And I have seen Street Talk. Exactly. We've seen even the bikes in um, Galactica 1980 look better than this, didn't they? Right. Yes, they did. Mm. And what's with the great, crazy guitar? Keeps <laughs> <laughs> in at this point. So he, he takes the bike for a test drive out on this uh, secret weapons testing facility, which Military. seems to be yeah, it seems to be very big as well. It's got um, ramps and things for him to drive. A striped up. ramp. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not not sure why it's striped, as if it's in some kind of circus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they commandeered like an evil Knievel sort of? Maybe. Sort of yeah, they were like, we're taking this over for secret testing of what mm. a bike. No. <laughs> Secret. Looks like a bike. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's a bike. Maybe. Mm. It's a spaceship. It's so a so spaceship. he does do an evil can evil like jump over a mm-hmm. ramp. Yes, he does. And then he switches the bike to whisper mode, which apparently makes it go silent, although it's not silent. It doesn't change the noise. No. Well, it whistles a bit, doesn't it? Whistles, he's like, <laughs> you're like, wait, is that a motorbike or just a person whistling as they walk past? Hmm. That would be still quieter than the bike it in whisper be, mode. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, and we're bearing in mind again, we are at this secret weapons, secret weapons testing facility. Nobody knows where it is. A helicopter appears and starts to take pot shots at him. Oh. You'd think the security would be able to stop them at this military testing site. You would think so. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, but, but you know, Chaz and Dave, the two guards, they were busy playing <laughs> poker at the time and didn't hear the helicopter approaching. Well, I think that they were on their lunch break and they were eating their sandwiches and they said, no, sorry, mate, I don't get paid for this hour. So I'm That's not- right, yeah, <laughs> lunchtime. 12 to 1, every day, five days a week. Yep, like Who's clockwork. Get- Who's going in the place Saturday and Sunday? Oh, we just, you know, no one cares. It's almost like, almost like I work there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, so a chase. Ch- I did, yes. So a chase and shoes, and they seem to just... Um, wait, wait, wait. They chase some shoes? What did you say? <laughs> a chase and shoes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry Alan, they, Alan. they chase some shoes. Oh, he's lacing. <laughs> No! It was a tongue twister. They t- they seem to just shoot at the ground and the shield, which... Oh, they're terrible shots. Yeah. 
I think that's just there to show the bullets bouncing off the shield, isn't it? Why are they uh, aiming for the shield? I don't know. At one point, he's like three feet away. Yeah, and he's lined right up, isn't he? He's got in Oh, yeah, run. perfect. You can't miss him. Mm-hmm. Boom, misses him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're vying for a spot on the A-team. Yeah, or Street Arc, funnily or street enough. Arc. Yeah, yeah. Now, I like a helicopter chase sequence like the next guy. Mm-hmm. If the next guy is a big fan of helicopter chase sequences, but this is not great. It's not, no, no. I think I think the word, I, if there was a word to describe it, I would say it was flimsy. Ooh, I like that word. Mm, flimsy. Yeah. Now, did you see the um the the moment where the bike jumps over something and then the shield nearly falls off the front of it? Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Mm. It jumps over the side of this um sort of ridge. And when he lands, the shield's wobbling on the front of it, and it just managed to get the bike off screen before the shield obviously falls off. Uh, because we should say the shield's mounted onto the front of the bike, isn't it? It's like when the Dukes of Hazard do a leap, and the, it's clear that the car is smashed to total shit. Yeah. And then they cut to him just like going whoop, up and down inside. Pretty much, yeah. It's like Yeah, that. okay. So S- Steve manages to get back to Mills, who, uh, while he's still being chased by the cop helicopter, um, uh, Mil- Mills calls over an MP who jumps yeah, into a jeep. He only just realizes that there's a helicopter chasing him. Did you not hear this going on? <laughs> They're not quiet. Yeah. Yeah. The motorbike might be in whisper mode, but the helicopter certainly isn't. And how far did he actually get in that in that minute or so that he was riding the bike? I mean, he might not uh, have been able to see Steve anymore, but he would have been able to see the helicopter in the distance, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 So Steve rides the bike up a ramp, leaps off it. The same ramp we saw earlier, by the way. Yeah, he's come back in a circle. He's done a circle of the place. And he leaps off the bike and grabs onto the landing gear of the helicopter. Nice. Mm. But it would be nice. Mm -hmm. But again, it's flimsily done, I would say. Okay. Uh, He takes the gunner out, uh, throwing him out of the uh, helicopter into a lake, which is conveniently over the top of him now. A lake. Yeah, they don't kill people in Captain America. Mm. Colonel Decker would be proud. He would, he would. And forces the pilot to land the vehicle. Yeah, he does, yeah. So then more MPs come and arrest them. Oh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Where are these guys? <laughs> Shift change. Everyone's on lunch and then lunch finished. So both Mills and Steve are amazed at his new abilities, which seem to include um, supervision and super hearing as well. That's right. Yeah. So later, Tina is home with Brackett, and he's trying to get her to um, remember where the missing film could be. Yeah, can I just... I, I'm just wondering, did they build the motorbike because they knew he was a motorcycle racer, or were they, like, building a car, and then they got this guy, and they're like, oh, shit, let's just change it and build a motorbike, because he can't drive a car. Well, yeah, because surely they didn't just knock this up in the short amount of time that they they right. had Steve around, right? Hmm. Or maybe yeah. they did. Maybe they did. Yeah. Although, I mean, maybe he, they got the has, mice onto it. He, yeah, it could be. He has a giant like van. Why didn't they use that? Why yeah. didn't they make the van the super van and not the motorbike? Bikes were popular in the seventies, though, weren't they? Oh, were they? And the eighties, as well. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, don't you think this is this is more about the bike than it is about the man? It, it's kind of like that those '80s shows where it was always about the vehicle rather the than technology. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Mm. I was just curious. All right. So Brackett's trying to pump Tina for information about where the film could be in the house. Yeah. Tina tells a story about her and her father leaving little notes for each other all over the house. Brackett is like, was there something special between you and your father? <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, show me on the teddy where the bad man touched you. <laughs> And then she's like... It is a bit like that. Yeah, because she's like, we played this game. It's like, this game is fucking suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that um, the microfilm was actually hidden inside one of his fishing rods. That's right, because he was upstairs in the den cleaning his rod. Cleaning his rod, and that's your honour. Yeah. So Brackett finds the film. Yeah. Suddenly, Wendy's at the door ringing the doorbell. And um, they open the door to her, and then suddenly, for some bizarre reason, even though he's got what he needs now, and nobody else is even suspects him, suspects him of anything, he pulls no. out a gun and kidnaps the two women. Yeah, he totally ruins it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> he'd, he'd, what got, he'd, he'd have got away, wouldn't he? Yep, completely, absolutely. <laughs> so back at HQ, Stephen Mills, our um, Stephen Mills. Stephen Mills, yeah. Oh, that's the other great romantic novelist. I love it them too. It sounds a bit like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Back at HQ, Stephen Mills are um, worried. Well, they're worried, but one of them says, oh, it's been 12 hours. Mm-hmm. 12 hours? <laughs> <laughs> they waited 12 hours before they got a little suspicious. <laughs> 12 yeah, they're, hours. They're like, there's, so, there's something missing in it. I can't yeah, put my finger on it. That, I don't it? know. It's uh, it should be obvious, obvious to me, obvious like night and day. I can't think what it is. <laughs> Twelve hours, Paul. Let's work that out. Let's say it was four p.m. in the afternoon. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one, two, three, four a.m. It, it's like how long were they gonna wait? It's like oh, it's been seventy-two hours. I think she should have called us by now. Well, we'll give it another twelve. Yeah, another you know, 12. you know, women. <laughs> what the hell give her a sedative and call for an ambulance yeah she's got vapors yes Brackett then calls them why he calls them I have no idea because again they still haven't I mean they actually work out that he's the bad guy only because he calls them right so he calls them and he tells them that he's got the girls and that he threatens to kill them if they tried to interfere in his plans. Which they didn't know about. They didn't know about, no. <laughs> They're all like, what plans? Also, this is, isn't this a secret research, government research facility? How did Brackett get the number for it? Oh, it's listed. It's, it's under secret military testing area. Oh, is area. it? Right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, must be then. I must have missed yeah. that bit. So, so Brackett is putting the finishing touches to his bomb and finalising his plans, which we still don't quite understand what they are but mm-hmm. something to do with this bomb yeah and we cut to Barbara who's questioning Mills about the phone call with Brackett is there any small detail that could help he asks him luckily Steve's super hearing can help that's right he heard a voice in the background of the phone call say something about a tanker don't, don't take the job <laughs> do, do another film <laughs> don't do it it's not going to help your career you'll do two and then that's it <laughs> you'll do Robo War and an episode of Miami Vice. 
which will be good. But... <laughs> so he says he he heard something, someone say something about a tanker in the background of the phone call. And Mills talks about an oil company, and it's one that's owned by uh, Brackett, who, again, they say, was one of Hayden's oldest friends. Mm, the only of her old friend he has. Yep. And, and the guy who just called up. Exactly. And they put two and two together, and that's why they used an oil truck at the beginning of the movie to create the spill that sent Steve crashing off into the cliff. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Genius. It's, it's, it, it, it's like jigsaws coming together. It is. Yeah. If, if you had a few pieces missing and... And uh, a couple of the boxes have been mixed up. But other yeah. than that, you know. Yeah. And yeah. the lid had been scrawled on. Yeah. With the words, help me. <laughs> Kill me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve comes up with a plan to send himself in alone because nobody would expect one man. Oh, who mm. would? Exactly. Except they all know about flag serum. And they yeah. must assume that Rogers have got it at this point. Yeah, yeah, they, they obviously, but, um, you know. No. So Mills agrees, um, but then he um, sells Steve on the idea that to do this, he needs to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. And Mills unveils his new Captain America uniform, based on the drawing that, that Steve gave him earlier. Yeah. Now, my problem is, why does he have to remain anonymous? Because the only people he's going to meet are the bad guys, who already <laughs> know that he's going to take the flag serum. And I'm pretty sure that they'd work out that, isn't that Steve Rogers? <laughs> yeah, because he's the guy running around leaping. And... Yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. Mills tells uh, Steve that um, he should jam Captain America down their throats. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie as well. Yeah, he um, jammed down their throats. It was actually called, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Two, three, four, five, you know. Um, Six. <laughs> That was that was a particularly good one, was it? Oh, uh, yeah. It's when they. Never mind. <laughs> it's probably better than this. So, so then Steve uh, has a bit of a hard think about it, and we know he's having a hard think because we zoom in and Red Brown's rapidly moving his eyes backwards and forwards in deep thought. Yeah, or he's having electroshock therapy, or a stroke. Could be. So Brackett is then fitted with a strap around his chest that controls the bomb. If his heart stops, the bomb goes off. Right. Why, why, why is he bothering with this? At this point, I think I'd just given up trying to understand what was going on. <laughs> I think the writers did as well. Yeah. So then Steve rolls his van up to the oil refinery and um, he jumps in the back. Do you think like when they convinced Steve to wear the costume, like Mills and Agent Barber were like, is he going to wear it? Yeah. Oh, here's the 20. <laughs> Can't believe he's doing it. Yeah, idiot. Well, I'm going to ask you about the costume in a second when it gets okay. un- unveiled in its full glory in a moment. So he climbs into the back of the van. There's a moment of expectation. This is going to be good, right? It's going to be mm. good. It's going to yep. be good. Yep, yeah. The van doors open. The bike shoots out. <laughs> yeah, it's Captain America in full outfit. About 20 minutes of screen time left of this movie, but we finally got there. We finally got <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's the strangest thing. It should have been just called Steve Rogers. It should have been, yeah. And we get that great uh, theme tune. Wait, 
There's a theme tune. Oh yeah, you know the one that sounds like it's uh, a lounge jazz outfit. You know. You oh, know. that one from Leisure mm-hmm. Suit Larry. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. So this uh, this outfit then. Yeah. What can we say about it? Well, he's got a massive helmet, hasn't he? <laughs> he's got a very big helmet. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I've seen some films with a massive helmet before, but. Yeah, there's been a lot, to... of, a lot of talk about, about these films uh, into today's podcast, really. I didn't expect to see it in this. No, but you get one. You get a massive helmet. And... You do, and an ill-fitting suit, which he's the only actor. Yeah, did, so... they, not, did they not test it out on him? I don't know. Tweak he, it, did, maybe. Did, did he work out a bit? And I don't know. Lost a bit of weight. Lost a bit of weight and uh, didn't put on the muscle that they thought he was going to... I don't know. It doesn't fit. It's a weird suit. Well, it's not well, great. My my nine-year-old son... Oh, son, summed up this son. ...summed up this costume. Oh, did he watch this film? He watched some of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God. A nine-year-old didn't make it through it. Mm. Well, he, he saw this. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it, and he said that he thought it was... And these are his exact words. Oh, no. Go on. He felt it was an affront to comics. Affront to wait? Did he use the word affront? He did. Yes, that he said. That is an affront to comics. That is what he no. said. <laughs> I don't believe. Does he even know what affront means? He might not know what it means, but he said it. Okay. Mm. Affront to comics. Yeah, an affront to comics. <sighs> Do you mean comedians? Like <laughs> <laughs> stand-ups? He, he wouldn't be wrong though, even if he did. It is an affront to stand-ups as well. It's a front yeah. to most people, really. Yeah, it's not a great costume. It's not. It's no. not. They tweak it slightly in the second one. Oh, do they tweak it, it in a better way? Well, the you know how the um, the sort of feathery ear things are just painted onto the helmet. <laughs> yeah. In 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 the second one, they're actually glued onto the helmet. Well, nice. So um, he leaps into the oil refinery with his bike, mm-hmm. and. Um, he switches his bike to silent mode, which, yeah. which isn't silent, as we said. No, no. It's just slightly less loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dismounts and he takes his shield and he looks around and then he leaps onto a high ledge to avoid some guards. Very much like Wonder Woman does in the TV show. Of all the f- things you mentioned, like Spider-Man and Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk, Wonder Woman would have been a good matchup. Well, I- I'll talk about that at the end, about about Wonder Woman. Oh, because- will you? Yeah, I've got things to say about this show. And and things to say about Wonder Woman. I've I've always got things to say about Wonder Woman. We all have things to say about Wonder Woman. That's true. So he makes his way through the refinery and the guards start to give chase. They shoot at him, but he deflects the bullets with his uh, plastic shield. Yeah, and we get some nice jazzy music. Yes, jazzy music. Next, um, I was assuming that we were going to get some great comic book style combat action sequences. He fights off the guards and makes his way through the oil refinery. But what he actually does is he breaks an oil pump and spills it all the oil out onto the ground and the guards slip and slide everywhere. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Mm-hmm. Slapstick. Yeah, but, you know, it took great strength to rip that pipe. That cardboard pipe. Yes. So Cap then grabs a scientist. It's that guy that we were talking about earlier. What's his name? Lester, is it? Yes. And he asks him where the girls are. And Lester tells him that the girls are are safe. Hold on. No, no, no. He doesn't at first. Oh, what does he do? Captain America 
has to shake him twice before he tells him everything. Does he? <laughs> oh, yes. This guy's not giving up anything straight away. He has to be shook twice. Cap's not messing around, though, is he? No, no, no. He goes, hoo, hoo, like that and shakes him. He goes, well. Twice. Hoo, hoo. Does he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar to the whisper mode on his motorbike. Yes. That goes, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, this scientist, he, he's tough. Well, finally, he does tell them that the girls are safe. In a, they're in a some sort of rocket silo or something or other, aren't they? They're in a room, let's be. A, yeah. That's all we can say. Uh, but he tells them that Brackett is long gone. Right, yes. So he drags, Cap drags Lester to Brackett's office where Cap breaks into a safe and he finds a file marked confidential. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm beginning to think that people should just label folders not confidential or, you know... <laughs> Feel free to read because anything labelled confidential, you're going to look at. But anything that's not labelled it, you won't look at. You just toss it aside, won't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So next, next cap then breaks it the girls out of um, whatever it is they're in the room. How do they not laugh at him? What in that suit? Yeah, because all right, <laughs> Wendy Day, she probably knows what the suit looks. Well, no, she didn't know what the suit looks like because she's been in prisons before it was even designed. Mm-hmm. So how do they not just go, what the hell are you wearing? Is there a costume party that I wasn't invited to? Uh, and Tina, I assume, won't know it's Steve because he's in disguise. Oh, he's cleverly disguised. So she just thinks he's a madman dressed in weird costume. Mm. <laughs> She's like, he's like, come on, let's go. She's like, I'm not going with you. I think I'll stay here, thanks. Yeah, right. yeah, these guys, <laughs> they may be dangerous, but at least they're normal. <laughs> So he, he breaks them out and he gives them the file. Mm-hmm. And with a bit more pressure from Cap, the scientist spills all the beans about the neutron bomb. Yeah, I believe he shakes him a couple more times. He does, he does. Yeah. And then he faints. He does, yeah. Because, you know, you can only be shook so many times before your blood runs out of your head. Especially, is that, the medical, is that medically? Wait, is that what? Is that the medical sort of? It is that is, sound, yes. is it? Right. Okay. It is, yeah. Scientific and medical. Right. Uh, good to know. I'm glad. I'm glad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. So Mills then goes to his supercomputer in the corner because everyone's got one. Of course, yeah. And the supercomputer works out all the possible targets. And they settle on, um, it's a gold depository or something or other, isn't it? Why? (laughs) We should rename this film. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) So many layers to that question as well. Why? Just, yeah, why? Because actually, going back a bit, when he's interrogating the scientist and the scientist reveals as a neutron bond, Captain America, Steve Rogers, says... What's he going to do with it? Hmm. Well, it's a bomb. Choices <laughs> are really limited at that point what he's going to do. <laughs> but the scientist doesn't even answer it. Yeah, because they don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. Even Brackett doesn't know. I don't think he knows why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But Steve's got a plan, he says. We don't hear what this plan is, but he's got a plan of how to, how to deal with this. Meanwhile, the truck with the bomb is on is on the move, with Brackett sat in the back next to the bomb reading a book. How to defuse a bomb. Yes. 
evil plans 101. That's what he's reading. Oh, I guess he does not. Yeah, I guess he's not going to read how to defuse a bomb. He's going to read how to set off a bomb. Mm -hmm. So Steve's got a plan. And he's mm -hmm. he turns to Mills and says, can you still jock a helicopter? I mean, that's something you don't forget. I mean, jockey stays in your memory. I remember when I jocked a chopper and a grifter and a boxer and a rally. Pretty much jocked all sorts of bikes in my life. I I haven't really, Paul. I'm I'm only jocking. <laughs> so yeah, so he, he, they take a helicopter, and how do they put that bike in the helicopter? You know what you're doing again. You're doing that thing I told you not to do. You're thinking like, about it. Masturbate while I'm doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I should knock that off or out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I can't see your other hand, so I don't know what you're doing. No. Um. Yeah. So yeah, but... <laughs> you lost the bit, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that's thrown me. That has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they're flying around for what feels like forever. Very reminiscent of uh, Steve at the beginning of the, the movie, just driving around that road. There is that where the, it just goes on, where they're just looking, and then eventually we get a sound when Steve uses his powers. Yeah, and we get the beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's heard something. Yeah. Not quite sure what power he uses. Is it super hearing, or is it his eyes? Is he zoomed in on uh, something? I think it's his eyes at this point. Doesn't he oh. see the trucks? Well, he's the, he spots the truck, right? Yeah, and then Mills says, where do you want to get off, Steve? And Steve says, well, just before I sign the contracts for this film. <laughs> you know, Mills, uh, he lands the helicopter and Cap shoots out on his bike. Mm -hmm. But he's got changed into his Captain America costume somehow on the helicopter. Well, you would. You got it spur. Well, he wasn't wearing it in the shop previously in the helicopter. And now he's wearing it when he flies out on the bike. Well, that's one of his superpowers. He can instantly change into a different costume. He just goes behind a tree. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> see, see previous Supergirl episode for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's magic. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd like to think that we we get we should get a shot of him all cramped up in the helicopter trying to pull his pants off. Yeah, and then he, he jumps out of the helicopter and he's got the, the helmets on his foot. There's a boot <laughs> on his head. <laughs> He's like, hold on a second. <laughs> Mills, stop looking at me, man. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, because he's always watching, right? Oh, yeah, he's, he's always yeah, there yeah, lurking, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So Cap gives chase with Mills following in the copter, and Cap races alongside the truck and climbs onto the side. Mm -hmm. uh, he just lets his bike just veer off. So that bike's assuming, I'm assuming it's totaled at that point. Yeah, but he just say like, oh, I had to leave the bike. And he's like, don't worry, my people will pick it up. What people? Who are these people following along? <laughs> mice. They're just getting mice oh, on the job. All these mice are just following along going, oh, he's, he's left the bike. We can get, we will fix it. We will fix it. <laughs> That's one for English listeners. It is, it is. We'll get some of those. So, well, we won't. But <laughs> so he, like, as I said, he climbs onto the truck's roof. And like you said, he, he radios Mills to tell him to go pick up the bike. Uh, and then he, what he does is he bends one of the exhaust stacks from from the cab of the of the truck. 
mm-hmm. and yeah, points yeah. it into the grill of the 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 trucks. What 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 do you call it? The the carriage. It's not a carriage, is it? You no, know, the back of the truck. Yeah. So he's basically pumping all the fumes from the exhaust into where bracket is with the with the bomb, basically. Yeah, and we should point out that this whole sequence is really slow. Oh yeah, it's not exciting in the least. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Brackett begins to choke and he radios Ruby and the captain tells him to pull the truck over mm-hmm. Brackett then passes out and the truck stops mm-hmm. Rudy goes to open the door but Cap takes him out and he swings inside and that sounds exciting but it's not he just kind no. of pushes him over doesn't he Yeah. so he radios Mills about the bomb and um, uh, Mills says is there a home mm-hmm. says, yes and he says well it could be a neutron bomb or a vibrator. Not sure which. <laughs> Lean against it. And lick if, it, lick it. See what lick it. If you lose the ability to have children, it's a bomb. <laughs> if you increase the ability to have children, it's a vibrator. Get a funky taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was a great single, Funky Taste. <laughs> <laughs> Love that one. <laughs> it was about 1978, wasn't it? Of course, yeah. So Cat notices the stra- strap. So why is Pat yeah. the vibrator? <laughs> yeah. He notices the strap across uh, Brackett's chest. But Brackett's dying. This wasn't the best plan from Cat, was it, to uh, poison him? <laughs> no, not to call him. And, uh, it cracks me up because then he has to call Mills to describe what's going on. And mm-hmm. Mills says, describe what he looks like. And he's like, well, he has brown hair, <laughs> brown eyes, slight scar. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he he calls Mills, um, and Mills gives him instructions on how to save his life. Yeah, he says, make sure he's not strangling on his own tongue. Do you mean choking on it? <laughs> I mean, how do you strangle yourself with your own tongue? How big is this guy's tongue? Put it out of his mouth and he's wrapped it around his own throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mills also says to him in a very laid-back way, uh, and he actually says, uh, he says, uh, roll him over on his back. Yeah, just just do that. That's first rule: roll him on the back. Mm-hmm. Surely he shouldn't be on his back. Should he not? Well, he could swallow his tongue, couldn't he? He's laying on his back and he's unconscious. I could just pull the tongue out of the way. I don't know. Do Do you know CPR? Um, no. I, the fact that you began that sentence with the word "uh" tells me no. I, I don't I've been know. On a I do, yeah, you, but that's a whole different cast, Paul. That was about what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> Trust me, that's an HR-regulated cast. This is not the cast we're talking about here. You've not been on this cast. I've not been on. So let's not give CPR instructions oh, on a podcast. Right. Okay. So Mills lands, and he goes inside the truck, and he hooks Brockett, Brock, Brockett, Brockett. Brockett, it's a new villain. Brockett, Brockett, who gives a shit? Yeah, Bra- there's Hinge. They're yeah. at the piano. Hinge and Brockett, yeah. He hooks him up with some oxygen. And How this old is- are we? This is so exciting for the finale of a superhero movie, isn't it? This is so anticlimactic. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Mills saves Brackett's life, and the cops show up, and Cap heads out, and that's that's that. Yeah. 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 We don't even defuse the bomb, do we? Just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Could go off any second. Create a bit of tension. So later, Steve is with Tina, Mills, and Wendy, and it turns out that Tina's mother, Catherine, isn't dead after all. Yeah, this is, where did this come from? Yeah, no. <laughs> the the plane crash it was faked. Wait, what plane how crash? do you, wait what? 
Well, she was his wife was killed in a plane crash in Europe. Remember at the beginning of the film, they talked about that. I, I blotted it out. That's how his wife died, like a year before the film yeah. was set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they don't. It suddenly comes up in the end, like oh ha ha ha. Yeah, because like, apparently she who found her? She, no. She's been held prisoner by Brackett as leverage against um, her father. Yeah, maybe at that I, refinery place. Maybe she was there all along. Yeah, it's just in the background. Mm. So um, that makes the dying man's last words make more sense. That's why he said Catherine. Because he knew she was alive? Yeah. Oh, and they were holding a prisoner yeah. so that they would just kill her if... Leverage against him to get him to why, do what... Why fake the plane crash? <laughs> Why not just kidnap why, her? Why do any of this stuff? I mean, <laughs> no, but why not just kidnap her? I still don't understand. And then hold her to hostage. Yeah. Yeah, why was he blowing things up? Don't get A it. A neutron bomb, which mm. is pretty big, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, how is he going to get away from this neutron bomb? Because <laughs> he's in the truck with it. Yeah. Looks <laughs> <laughs> a fucking idiot. <laughs> what was his plan? Uh, and you shit on Marvel movies. I don't know. So, um, so Steve decides to go ahead with being Captain America and live mm-hmm. up to his father's legacy. Yep. And we end on a shot of Steve in his new, his all-new cap suit that seems to be the same cap suit but slightly redesigned with uh, a mask under the <laughs> under the helmet. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit earlier, and then they're talking about the fact that the plane crash was faked. Mm. And then there's a, uh, uh, and Tina goes, it's mother. <laughs> it's like, will she always make that sound? <laughs> they just made me laugh in the film. Or the special horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with, with Steve now in his brand spanking new Captain America suit, we end on everyone standing together laughing. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of Captain America, 1979. Wow. We got there. So, Paul, what did you think of Captain America from 1979? Oh, you're making me go first, are you? <laughs> yeah. You know I like comic book movies. That's, that's on record. I'm yes, sure. you probably loved this regardless. <laughs> well, I can't deny that there's not a certain nostalgic charm about it. and I, But I think that's probably more from remembering seeing it as a kid. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. But coming at it purely as a comic book fan, or a movie fan, or even a Marvel fan, <laughs> it's bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, Reb Charisma Vacuum Brown is like watching paint drying on a mannequin. And that's doing a disservice to mannequins, really, isn't it? I've seen some good mannequins in my time. Bet you have. The story's bad. I'm still not sure what the bad guy's plan was, as we said. The costume and the shield look like something they bought from a pound shop. The fact that you have a, a, a Captain America movie where he only shows up 20 minutes before the end is, is unforgivable, really. Um, going back to what we were talking about, Wonder Woman, I think the way to go with this would have been to make it similar in tone to Wonder Woman. Well, it's not got that 60s Batman camp, but Wonder Woman wasn't serious either, was it? It, it was kind of it, 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 between the two. Right. They shouldn't have tried to play it straight, I don't think. 
not if they were going to do it like this. Should have been more 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 tongue in cheek. And the problem is because they tried to play it straight, and because it's so bad, it comes across like a comedy. Yeah. So as much as I kind of enjoy its naffness on that level, it's definitely, definitely, definitely not a hit. Well, I really enjoyed it. I thought <laughs> <laughs> that's your best performance ever, Colin. That's Thanks. It's let's be honest. It has a certain charm yeah, about yeah. it. You can't deny that. It feels like a TV pilot for a TV series. Mm-hmm. The actor playing Steve Rogers, that's an interesting choice to be so laid back that you don't even know if he's turned up or not. <laughs> and the fact that it is Captain America, but Captain America doesn't appear till the end of it, really. And everything is so cheap. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen pilots that are made in the late 70s and the 80s that were more expensive than this film. Yeah, yeah. Million dollars, though, apparently. Yeah, and it makes no sense whatsoever. The <laughs> what villain, the? His, his whole motive, I don't understand what he's doing, and maybe I missed something, I'm not sure. Mm. If you did, then we both did. Which yeah. wouldn't be a shocker, but... No, it would Yeah, i got to say it's not a hit. <laughs> well that's the end of uh, Captain America from 1979 well we're taking a little holiday break but we'll be back in early February with a new series we're not taking a break together let's just clarify that wait we're not no, no. I bought the lederhosen <laughs> you promised <laughs> a trip to the motherland I'm not going anywhere near your motherland. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, we're just taking a little holiday break to uh, relax, enjoy, catch up on the movies we've probably missed recently. I'm going to go and watch Captain America 2. Now I can't have a taste. Right now, we're not sure what film or TV show we'll feature in our first episode of the new series, but if you'd like to suggest something, then send an email to retrospection at email.com. Uh, and by new series, we don't mean we're changing anything. It's still going to be the same series. Yeah, right? so that's either a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. depending on your point of view. <laughs> we'll call it Series 3. Yes. Yeah. You can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at Retrospecky, and on Instagram at Retrospection Podcast, all one word. And please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen. You can also hear the themes and songs from the films and shows we review at our Spotify playlist and finally if you'd like to support our old episodes and help new ones coming along then you can lower our server costs by supporting us via patreon.com slash retrospection thank you to our current patreon supporters who make sure another month goes by that paul doesn't have to take up that second job as a golf ball diver searching the bottom of ponds and lakes of international golf courses trying to retrieve those pesky balls Although, let's face it, there's nothing Paul likes better than diving for naughty balls. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>